0: Imagine you've out all day raking leaves and you've raked them into a giant pile. You went the extra mile and got the leaves underneath the bushes in the back. From every corner of your yard, you raked together the leaves in one giant colossal pile. And then, just as you set your rake aside and you go over to get the bags to bundle them up, A giant wind comes and whooshes through and sends that pile of leaves all back over to every corner of your yard. What are you feeling? (laughs) Frustration? Ah! Right? Perhaps maybe even using colorful language to describe your predicament? It's not fair, right? Sometimes life just is not fair I wonder if that's what was on the man's mind in this morning's gospel he came to Jesus he came seeking a closer connection with God he came not like the Pharisees who were waiting to trip Jesus up He came not like the skeptics or those who wanted to criticize what Jesus was doing and what he was not doing. He came in a genuine place, wanted to be closer to God. He had raked together quite a pile of leaves. He had many possessions. He had many things. And not only earthly things, but he had done a good work in his community, He was active in love with his neighbor. He had been following the commandments since an early age. And before him, his life stood tall and proud. And as he kneels, he wonders, what must I do? What must I do? Tell me to inherit life Eternal life with God, a connection that is not going to go the way. And then Jesus speaks, and it's as if he blew a giant gust of wind that disturbed the giant pile and sent it all over the place. Give what you have away. Come and follow me. He was shocked, he was flabbergasted. It seemed astonishing. The man leaves grieving. And not only is he taken aback, but the disciples also are taken aback. Because they're there and and they're thinking, you know, of all the characters that they've had to push away from Jesus last week, the children or the undesirables, right? Right? Maybe they didn't say stuff, but you know, Jesus hangs out with the wrong sort of people. Truly, Jesus could use a good, righteous, wealthy man in his group. And so when he was coming, they thought, all right, this is going to work out great. And so they're astonished. What do you mean? This wealthy man who has followed the law, what do you mean? He can't be a part of this kingdom. They're astonished. The disciples have bought into the understanding of wealth is a measure of God's blessing. If all that we have, the logic goes like this if all that we have is a sign of blessing from God, then those with more are more blessed. The wealthy, the prosperity of those who have so much, why they are in good favor with God. And those who don't have so much, well, you know, they must have done something wrong. They must be among those sinners. They must be those over there. That attitude goes way back centuries before Jesus. We did hear it today in Amos where the wealthy thought themselves privileged and that their lives were worth more than those who were poor and on the margins. But Jesus says, wait a second. Those who have wealth have a hard time entering the kingdom of God because they place their possessions, that big pile, they place that in the center of their lives. All their energy and effort is spent accumulating and putting together and then defending what they have. Instead of reaching out to others, even in acts of love and kindness and careness, they really are concerned about what they have and what they stand to lose. That's the problem with wealth. It becomes a god unto itself. And that God demands every ounce of our being. Jesus says how hard it will be. Like a camel through the eye of a needle. And the disciples are astonished. What do you mean? If a rich person can't be entered into the kingdom of God, then who can? It doesn't make sense. Jesus invites them into an understanding of God's grace you can't buy the grace of God you can't no matter how big your pile of leaves might be you can't trade it in for an ounce of God's grace and mercy and love you can't buy love and before that was a Beatles song it was the truth of the gospel the gospel comes as gift it comes by the grace of God for everyone, rich and poor alike. It comes for those who you would want to come in your door and those who you'd hope stay outside. The grace and the love of God is bought by the life of Christ. And we can't do anything to make God love us any more anymore. Or any less. The wealthy have a hard time. Because for them. Everything has a price. The poor get this. Because they know they can't. Offer anything. Relationships. Our relationship with God. Is based. By God's own. Life and gift. In the gospel. We enter into that when we recognize we can't do anything. We can't do anything to get into the kingdom of heaven. Now today we start our stewardship drive for next year. There are packets out in the narthex. Please pick yours up. Help save the postage. Come down the hall and we'll talk about what ministries your giving helps to strengthen. Together... Our generosity supports the building and the deepening of loving relationships with God, with each other, and with our neighbor. Whenever we talk about money in church, there's a tension. On the one hand, didn't I just say that by the grace of God, God's love comes to us no matter what we do, no matter what we share, whether we support generously, In the offering today. Or we put nothing in the plate today. God's love is present for us. Period. And. On the other hand. Ministry costs. It costs something. To be able to share. This message of God's. Unearned grace. To young and old alike. On one hand. This community is a community of the baptized, formed together by the grace and love of God. It is not a business. It's not a club. It's not an organization. There are no dues involved. And we depend upon the generosity of everyone sharing their gifts in order so ministry can happen. And we have to use the skills of projections and expenses and taking care and good care of the gifts that have been given to us. So that way we can do things like eliminate our debt and we can look into the future and expand ministry. Do you see the tension? Both are true. And both require giving Giving is a spiritual act. It is recognizing that all we have belongs to God. It is saying that God is at the center of our lives. And when we, with grateful hearts and generosities, give what we have away, we find that there is a blessing, that there is community, in which relationships takes center. Jesus, looking at the man, looked at him and loved him, invited him to give and to follow. Today, Jesus looks at us. Jesus loves us. Jesus invites us, all of us, to be a part of this sharing of the gospel, and that includes our giving too. Amen.